National Basketball Association is finally getting underway tonight. He kills dynasties left and right like he's Thanos. He is actually the first Packers player to finish the game with a perfect passer rating. Winning the NBA championship in 2020, you heard it here first. Welcome to another episode of the UB Pod. We have a great episode in store for you today. As normal, we'll be talking about the NFL. We got our recap week seven of the NFL season. And after that, we have a great show in store unlike any other before. Finally, we are adding more sports content to the podcast. We are bringing in the NBA. The NBA regular season starts tonight, and we're going to preview that for you. So we got the NFL recap, and then the NBA preview, and we're pretty excited about it. So Colin, how was your weekend? You know, Doug, I I had a pretty good weekend myself. You know, I've been, recently I've been trying to, what I call, diversify my sports portfolio. Been getting into Formula One recently, on top of football, basketball coming up. And I've even been getting into a little bit of soccer. So this weekend I watched some MLS playoffs, started to watch a little bit Premier League. I, I had a pretty damn good weekend. How about you? Sounds pretty good. It sounds like you still aren't watching baseball. No, no, I will not be watching baseball. I might, I might, might watch the World Series. Yeah, I was about to say, you do know there's two teams competing for a championship in that one. That, that might be okay. So my weekend, I actually went back home to Cleveland this weekend. So obviously I'm back here in Bloomington, but I went home. We had our fall break, our week, weekend off. So I left on Thursday. I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at home. Got to go see the family. Got to go hang out with my girlfriend who was home. She goes to Tulane, so it was nice to go see her and be back in Cleveland together. Speaking of sports at home also, Friday night, went to my brother's high school football game. And, you know, dude, I forgot how much fun those things are. Oh, yeah. The passion under the lights is unlike any other. I That was the most fun ever, I swear. And I think it's because... I can connect more, like, with what's going on in the field. Oh, yeah. And I was getting heated about some of the offensive coordinators' calls that I was watching my brother's team make. It was Solon versus Medina, and we actually have a good friend that's from Medina, Mitch. Shout out, Mitch. Shout out, Mitch. He's from Medina. Mm -hmm. And we went up against Medina. Solon came out with the victory, but... Like I said, there were some play calls. I want to know what you think about this one. Okay. It was the first quarter of the game, first drive. And it was third down, and the team just got called back for a penalty. So it's like third and like 20, third and forever. Mm -hmm. The coach makes a decision to punt on third down and let the ball roll, and they down it at the one. Would you punt the ball on third down, or would you at least try something to gain – some some type of yardage or maybe have a shot to get a long first down and then punt on fourth. I mean, at least you got. I I think, I think at that point, third and twenty, you're. I mean, the defense is looking for a screen or a draw. So That's I mean, what I thought. the the quick was it like a quick pooch punt or was it like pooch a punt. setup? No, punt. pooch punt. Pooch punt. Yeah. I mean. It's it's a risky call, but that's if you trust your defense that much and you're gonna down at the one yard line, I can't I can't necessarily fault the guy for doing it, 
but it's a it's it's an odd call. See that that call got me pretty heated, and my uncle turned around and was like, "I don't understand. That's a great call. Like, why would you not like that? You get the ball on the one yard line. I'm like, yeah. Boy, what do you mean? You still get another play? He's like, well, what would you call there? I'm like, a draw. And he goes, why would you run the ball third and twenty? I'm like. Because everyone's going to be looking for a pass, yeah. and I'm going to go try to get some yardage out of it, maybe get into field goal range, because they're at like the 50-yard line. Like, oh, wow. Oh, they're well, in the you middle didn't of the tell field. me that. Yeah, I you did didn't forget. tell me that. They're like their own 45, 50. They're in the middle of the field. So you run a draw play, you get some yardage, and maybe you can set up a field goal. Anyway, didn't matter. My brother's team ended up winning, Solon won, and they had themselves a day. Nice. Nice. Speaking of have a day... Mr. Aaron Rodgers, he had himself one hell of a day, a historic day. He is actually the first Packers player to finish a game with a perfect passer rating. Wow. He went 25 of 31, 425 yards, five touchdowns, and in the words of Matt LaFleur, the old man even ran one in. (laughs) I, I don't understand how Aaron Rodgers has never had a perfect passer rating before. That baffles me. Yeah, that that was pretty surprising. That it's impressive though. I mean, yeah, oh, doesn't absolutely. matter when it comes. I mean, I still think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL and maybe of all time to play in the NFL. Yep. But he had himself a day. He really did. I also when I came into this, I was thinking he Aaron Rodgers, that's the guy who I think had a day. I think he stood out more than anyone else in the NFL this week. Um he Finally kind of came into his own the past few weeks or so. They really relied on the run game to get their passing game going. Last week, we saw a game-winning drive by Aaron Rodgers, so that was great to see and exciting to see. Classic Aaron Rodgers. But this week was an all-out beatdown. 42 points they put up, and like you said, five touchdowns, four passes, and another one run in. Oh, man, that's a classic Aaron Rodgers game. Love to see it. Love to see one of the best of all time doing what he does best. Oh, yeah. I I mean, in my opinion, I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback skill-wise of all time. Obviously, Tom Brady is the most achieved quarterback in my eyes, and he is the most achieved quarterback of all time. But skill-wise, there's just—they they don't make him like Aaron Rodgers. No. They really don't. Uh, he He's just a different animal. And also— they put up 42 points. He had this fantastic day. No Devontae Adams. That, Sitting on the sideline. That's incredible. For the third week in a row. Wow. He did that with Lazard. Yep. He did that with Vondel Scantling. I can't even pronounce Marquez it. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Thank you. He did that with Geronimo Allison. Who's a trash can. I don't like Geronimo Allison. I don't understand. He Is he human? I, is, he, is this another Saquon Barkley situation? We already figured out Saquon's not human. Aaron Rodgers might not be either. Oh, no. I I don't know how he's, especially going into his old age, he's still playing like this. I'm very happy to be a Packers fan, I'll tell you that much. I'm very jealous that you're a Packers fan. (laughs) (laughs) So, the Packers looked very good. Yeah. There were a few other teams around the NFL this week looking pretty good. Yeah, we got some, might have a little little mix-up in our power rankings. We do. And my personal power rankings, we see some mix-ups towards the bottom. But my top is still standing pretty strong. I think this is the first week, for me personally, that there's so many people staying, so many teams staying exactly where they were. 
and that attributes to the great football they're playing right now, but that also attributes to the fact we're getting in the middle of the season. So we've seen a lot of these teams already. So there's going to be start to be a little less movement on the power rankings because we've seen a big portfolio of what teams have to offer and what they really look like. So without further ado, let's get into our NFL power rankings. All right, let's start off with number 10. You got a number 10, Doug. I got the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. Yeah, I like that. I actually have the Bills at 9. Oh, do you? So we uh, we somewhat agree. They're right around that range. So who do you have at 9? Or my bad, who do you have at 10? I have the Texans at 10, which I'm not very confident with the Texans at 10. But you know what? Actually, live change on air, I'm changing my number 10 team to the Dallas Cowboys. That was one that that was a very impressive outing. Woo. That was a very very impressive outing and I was not very impressed with the Texans when they played the Colts this week. And really? I, I was more impressed with the They're, Cowboys and what they did. The Texans only lost by a touchdown to the Colts in Indianapolis. Yeah, but that game that game was it the scoreboard was close, but it, it was not it did not feel as close as the scoreboard looked. The scoreboard was very deceiving in that game. I don't think it was deceiving, as you may say. It's okay for you to think that, but my biggest part of this argument where I would not put the Cowboys at 10 is that I just think the Eagles we were overrating more than the Cowboys we were underrating, if that makes sense. I think That does make sense. I think that the Cowboys at this point will end up winning the NFC East. And I was not thinking that yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, I did not think that. Yeah. After watching the beatdown they put on the Eagles, I don't believe in the Eagles anymore. They have a very talented roster. Don't get me wrong. Very. But I just don't think that they're as good this season as they have been in past seasons. And it was very deceiving for us. We had them high up on our power rankings. They slowly fell down. And we even said when we made our power rankings, if the Eagles lose this week, they're out. Yep. They're out. So... We knew that was a possibility. I don't think that the Cowboys deserve to leap over the Texans, who have played solid football consistently. I did forget the Texans just beat the Chiefs. Exactly. Before. They did just beat the Chiefs. So the Texans have played more consistent football. All right. The Cowboys have beat bad teams and the Eagles team that we think we were overrating maybe a little bit. Live. Reswitch. Texans are back at number 10. Texans at 10, lock it in. I like that. And what's your argument for putting the Bills over the Texans? Because this is where we're disagreeing on the 9 and 10. I like the te- I like the Bills' defense. I know, I know they gave up 21 points to the Dolphins, but that's also Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, revenge game. He has a lot of revenge games because he's played for a lot of teams, but... I don't know. I I like. Jo- I think Josh Allen is consistent. He does what he needs to for that team. Uh, I think they got some pretty good receivers out on the outside. I think. I mean, they're five and one. You, you can't you can't argue five and one. I mean, they, and their only losses to our number one locked in team in the Patriots. So and they played them close. Yeah, they did. So I think I I, I like the Bills. I think they're. I I, I would. I will give you Texans at 9, Bills at 10, but watch out for the Bills. Okay. 
I like that. I don't even need to argue them because I was going to go be like, oh, well, the Texans have better wins. Bills haven't played a lot of good teams. I know they played close with the Patriots, but I like do like the Texans, and that Chiefs win is still going to keep the Texans up there. They only lost by seven to the Colts, even though you think it, the scoreboard was deceiving, and the Colts we still have highly ranked. So I like Bills at 10, Texans at 9. So moving on to number eight. Who you got? Number eight, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. So <laughs> number eight is going to be interesting for us. Yeah, because is. you have the Ravens and I have the Seahawks. Well, scoreboard. Right. <laughs> so it's going to be a difficult argument here for me. I, I have an uphill battle. Yeah, you do. So I don't think that the Seahawks deserve to fall out for this loss. I don't necessarily either, but I also don't trust the Seahawks team. I, I don't think they have the talent around Russell Wilson to be able to compete with some of the top teams in the league. And I think they showed that yesterday in just getting flat out beat by the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, top at to bottom, home. they got beat at home by the Ravens team who has struggled to start the season, have been a little bit up and down. But I mean, Grabbing Marcus Peters, that defense is now a force to be reckoned with, with Marcus Peters out there. So, I mean, scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, I got to walk the walk, I think, here. I mean, I've been preaching the last couple of weeks about head-to-heads, and if I have the Ravens at 11, which that's around the area I do, between 8 and 11, like, I think you got to give them the head-to-head. I think yeah. you're right. And I don't know how great I feel about the Seahawks' defense. Yeah, I love Russell Wilson. Obviously, he was shut down this week for the most part, and the defense couldn't help him out. So, yeah, I I got to put the Ravens in here. I don't know about eight though. I don't I don't know about between them and the Texans. So you're trying to push the Texans up to eight, and then put the Ravens down at nine. That's my thought. Maybe. Because the Ravens have not—the Ravens fell out for a little bit. And they haven't proved their way back until this week with a good win over the Seahawks. So for them to all of a sudden jump up to well, they they were they were our first team out last week. Last week they were—they were—they were were number 11 first team out. Yep. And we had—we had a lot of—we had three teams there last week actually at number 10. And we ended up going with the Texans— but I think I don't know. I think I think the Ravens. I, I okay. That's fair. Okay, here's I thought about it in my head. So like I said, when it was the Ravens Steelers week, this game's gonna be close. It's AFC North. So it was close. Three point game. They won in overtime. They won on the last second field goal. Good for the Ravens. Yeah. I can't fault them for it, and I didn't because I called that ahead of time. That it was gonna be a close game. Mm-hmm. But then they played the Bengals close and. I freaked out. I'm like, the Bengals game should not be a six-point game, even though it is an AFC North matchup. So I still doubted them, and I kept them out of our power rankings last week. And then they come and beat the Seahawks. So I think I have to apply that same Steelers-AFC North logic to the Bengals game. 
and let them be at number eight. I think I do. Because it was still a win. It was a closer win than people would have liked. But at the same time, it was a division rival. Yeah. So I'm okay with putting him at eight. Let's put him at eight. Number eight. All right. Number seven. You got number seven. Number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs. I also have the Kansas City Chiefs at number seven. I mean, yeah, impressive win on Thursday night against the Broncos, but you also played the Broncos. Yeah, and this pick at seven, putting them all the way down here at seven, honestly, for me, has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes being out. It doesn't. Even with Patrick Mahomes, I think I still have to put him at seven. Honestly, it's because the Chiefs just don't look like they're going to be that AFC championship game team that they were last year. They don't look like they can get to that point. And that's because their defense is still holding them back. And that's also because their offense doesn't look as effective as it was last year. Teams have figured out the formula to beat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the script is out on how to beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And they're going to have... I think the initial reports saying he's out, he's going to be out at least three weeks. That's going to be a tough three weeks for the Chiefs. It, it's it's going to be a long. It honestly, I don't know, man. That's that's a scary, scary, scary injury to have too for your franchise quarterback. I mean, and the irony of it, someone I can't remember who's calling. I think it was Troy Aikman calling the game, like. Not even five minutes before they ran that play, they said he said, "Don't run a quarterback sneak with Patrick Mahomes, who had an ankle injury coming into the game and had been injured and been dealing with it since week one." I mean, he said, "Don't run a QB sneak, or he's gonna get hurt." And what happened? Ran a QB sneak, and he got hurt. Yeah, and if he is out for three weeks. They're going to really feel that. Right now, they're 5-2. and two. They play the Packers next week. That could go down to 5-3, and three, and it probably will. Yep. They play the Vikings after that. They could go down to 5-4. and four. And if they don't have Patrick Mahomes three weeks from now to face the Titans in Nashville, I might, gotta get, I might have to give the Titans that game. Yeah, yeah. They could slide to 5-5 five and five the next three weeks. And then they got to worry about the end of their schedule and getting Mahomes back up to speed. They got the Chargers who haven't looked good. They got the Raiders who have. They got the Patriots who are the best team in the league. They had the Broncos who just beat them. Or, no, no. they beat the Broncos. So yes. they had the Broncos that should win that again. They had the Bears who were a good team. And they got the Chargers again. I see three more wins in there. Yeah. Or three more losses in there. Po- three more possible losses. If they're at 5-5, five and five, I see the Raiders, Patriots, and Bears. Those are all possible losses. That would put them at 8-8. Eight and eight. I, And I don't That's think that gets— That's not get, making the playoffs. No, yeah, I don't think that gets done. I don't think that gets it done in the AFC, especially not this year. No. If I am the Chiefs, I'm worried, and I'm trying to get Patrick Mahomes back as soon as possible because oh, you cannot let him lose—you can't, cannot let the team lose the next three games. If you want to send him against the Packers and Vikings, that's fine. But he needs to be back for the Titans game because oh, yeah. you can't fall to five and five. No. If you go five and four and then have the Titans game, Patrick Mahomes comes back, you're the favorites again. But 
if you lose that game, man, that it's going to be a brutal end of the season. That division could be a lot more wide open than people thought coming into the year. Oh, yeah. Well, now it is. Now, I mean, especially now Pat Mahomes, that's, that division could be fun. We'll wait the next couple of weeks to see whatever happens with Patrick Mahomes, but that that could be brutal for for the Chiefs. So we have the Chiefs at seven, six. We mentioned them when we were talking about the Chiefs, yeah. Minnesota Vikings, and they were our bubble, another bubble team last week. Yep, and they earned their way in. Yeah, they did. They and, played. They played very, very well. Uh, Dalvin Cook looked real good. Uh, he ran for 142 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, dude's dude's an absolute animal. And they did this pretty much without Adam Thielen. Who caught a touchdown pass in, I believe, the first quarter and then went out and sat the rest of the game. So, yeah, and their defense is, is very, very good. So the Vikings we got at number six. Number five, Indianapolis Colts. Don't move. Stay exactly where they are. Great divisional win over the Texans. Proved to be the best team in the division, in a good division, we believe. And they keep on rolling. Colts at five. You got the same? Yep, yep. I think we agree on the next, our top six, so the next four picks as well. Oh, wow. So number four, then, we got the Niners. Niners had a 9 to nothing win over the Redskins. A lot of people might freak out about that and say the offense didn't do anything, but I'm here to tell you it's because of the conditions. We're slipping and sliding all over the field, and not really being able to pass the ball in the rain really came to effect. Yeah, they were basically playing in a pool of water in Washington, D.C. this weekend. It was it was kind of hilarious to watch, to be completely oh, honest it was with awesome. you. Nick Bosa, after getting a sack, did a little slip and slide. You see that? Yeah, at the end of the game? Yep. Yeah, that, was, that, that made for one hell of a cool picture. Oh, yeah. And a cool video. I like the video. Yeah. So we got Niners not moving at four. Three, New Orleans Saints. And New Orleans, they're looking good with Teddy Bridgewater. They're rolling. Yep. Haven't lost a game with Teddy. Teddy two gloves. They dub- yeah, they dubbed on the Bears yesterday. Yeah. That was that was fun to watch. And that almost made me want to put them at number two, I'm not gonna lie to you. But at number two, we have the Packers. And the Packers have been steady and they look good. And it's hard to put the Saints over the Packers because of the way the Packers are playing. Yeah. And that offense is starting to really click now. Exactly. And we put them up there because of their defense and now because Aaron Rodgers is still utilizing the weapons he has. The offense is looking efficient. You can't move him. So if we're going to put him above him for the defense and then the offense is coming into play, can't move him. No. Packers are number two. Absolutely. And number one, the New England Patriots. Yep. Has been since day one. They ain't going nowhere either. Nope. They play, well, we're recording on Monday, so they're playing tonight. We'll see how they do fair against the Jets, which I think it'll be a pretty – Pretty easy cruise. They're gonna stop the, the Jets. Jets. They're gonna stop the Jets. So ain't gonna be close. There's your Thursday. There, there's your Monday night pick that you're gonna hear on Tuesday. Yeah, Patriots gonna stop the Jets. Yeah, that that'll be that'll be nice. I think Sam Darnold will throw for a couple touchdowns though. Oh yeah, maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. Maybe a Robbie Anderson bomb or two. Maybe we'll see. That'd be nice. I mean, that's how they scored last week. Against yeah. uh, against the Cowboys. Well, Robbie Anderson is also really good at yeah at catching those balls. I don't think they'll be able to put drives together. I think it's got to be like a big play like that. Yeah, yeah. I think El Bell gets shut down as well. I think it's just an overall Pats win tonight. I agree. And 
Now let's move on from the NFL. Something a little refreshing for our ears. A little bit of NBA action. The National Basketball Association is finally getting underway tonight. Tuesday night NBA action. And we're excited. We are excited to finally kick off the NBA season tonight with New Orleans Pelicans against the Toronto Raptors. And we also got the Lakers against the Clippers. The new Los Angeles rivalry. And we're pumped. We're pumped for the NBA season. Let's start talking about the NBA. What is going on in the NBA this season? Who's going to be the best team? Who's going to win the finals? Who are going to be the best players? You'll find out right now. So, Colin, give me your surprise team for this season. Uh, my surprise team for the year, uh, I know I'm a little bit of a homer, and I understand I'm going to get the homer tag for this pick, but I genuinely think the Pacers are going to be the surprise team of the league this year. I mean, they have they pretty much restarted the roster, completely turned it over, brought in Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, TJ McConnell. The thing that I really like about this Pacers team, and I think what's really going to help them become one of the top teams in the East is they have they play as a team. They're one of the one teams in the league that really they they thrive off each other and they really work and play off of each other. And a couple years ago they had during the playoffs they had a slogan called blue collar gold swagger. And I think that they are gonna really embody that blue collar mentality with that gold swagger approach to each and every game this season. And I really think they're going to finish top two or three in the East this year. I like that pick. And Oladipo's going to have himself a year. Oh, he's going to play well. And I, we, we might get to this later, but I think I think Miles Turner should have won the defensive uh, defensive player of the year last yeah. year. He led, the, he led the league in blocks per game and blocks total by almost 12 blocks. I mean— he, he got robbed. Yeah, the Pacers are going to look really good. And get Oladipo for a full season. No more injury. Well, he's still injured to start the season, but we'll s- he, he's working his way back. We'll see. He just started 5-on-5 five five half court the other day. so You're getting him for most of the season. Most of the season. It He was out a long time last year, and it really hurt <laughs> yeah. the Pacers. Yeah, that- also, you're adding Malcolm Brogdon. Great addition, Malcolm Big Brogdon. Time. I like that addition a lot. Mm-hmm. I think their backcourt's really going to be strong. And like you said, their frontcourt's already been very good with Miles Turner and with DeMontis Sabonis. Yep. I know there's been trade talks around Sabonis. Yeah, I think it's I think it's because of go, the our first-round pick this year, Gogo Badatze, because he, he can play. Really? Yeah, he's pretty good. Well, we'll see. I like the Pacers. My surprise team this season, the Sacramento Kings. Oh, baby. I am so excited about the Sacramento Kings. I could not be more excited about a team than I am about the Sacramento Kings. Wow. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. This is premeditated. I've been liking the Kings for a couple years now, and I've finally waited to this moment for the Kings to have their moment and to shine. To shine like the California team they deserve to be. They deserve to be that California stud better than the Warriors. I don't want to, I don't want to see the Warriors. I want them to shine brighter than the Warriors. Maybe not as much as the Lakers and Clippers, it's L.A. But the Kings, it's your moment. 
Start shining. You got a young roster. You got Marvin Bagley the third. Who else you got? De'Aaron Fox. Who else? Buddy Heald. Who else you got? Kyle Guy from Virginia, national champion, rookie. Who else? Bogdan Bogdanovich. Who else? I can't. That, that, that's got to be it. There's no way that their team gets any better. Harrison Barnes. Trevor Ariza. Yogi Ferrell, my IU boy. Harry Giles. This is a deep roster, and I love it. I love this roster. I love the Kings. They are my dark horse. Now, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. They're not an NBA championship contender by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. But they can be soon. If these young guys start moving into their primes all at the same time, oh, man. Might talk, be, NBA might be talking about the Lakers and the Clippers, but the California team that they're going to want to keep an eye on, Sacramento Kings. I'm loving the Kings this year. I'm riding the Kings bandwagon. As a Cavs fan, I'm throwing them out the window. Oh, I got them in my back pocket. They're in my back pocket. I like my Cavs. I'm hoping they play bad, though. So in terms of a team I actually want to watch win games, that's the Kings. The yeah. team I want to watch lose games, that's the Cavs. I need that. I need a high pit draft pick with the Cavs. Yeah, absolutely. The Cavs, I don't think, are going to have a very good year this year. But, yeah, I, I have also been a big fan of the Kings for these past couple of years. I do really love their young core. Uh, I am a little bit sad to see Trilly Stein leave that team because I thought he was he'd be a nice mainstay for that team. You know what? I'm totally okay to see Collie Stein go across the city to San Francisco to the Warriors. Uh, they don't need him. They got Bagley. They got Harrison Barnes. He's just clogging the middle, and that's not the type of basketball that they need to be playing. They need to be playing an athletic brand of basketball. And he wasn't athletic enough to be making moves on the outside and he was just kind of clogging the lane. And I totally wholeheartedly believe in that. Because you need the lane to be open for guys like Harrison Barnes to take the ball to the hole. You need to have guys who are going to space the floor to get the, your three-point shooters open. Because if you have a threat of someone like uh, like Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's a tall guy you could put at the four and spreads the floor, then guys like... Uh, no, Bogdanovich is not a four. Not, no, no, you could tell you could you could plug him in there though as a stretch four. Not a, yes, you can. Yeah, you can play small th- ball. I think you're thinking of his brother. No, Bogdan Bogdan is maybe six six, buddy. You could totally put him in there to space the floor. I'm not telling a, you not, he, to space the floor. Maybe the three, but the four. I will stop you right there because that's a little bit of a stretch, especially Fine. at six six. That's that is where I draw the line. I'm a big Kings fan as well. I really like this Kings team. But, yeah, I think I think Bogdan at the four is a little stretch. Well, that would be a small ball lineup, and I'll stick to that. I mean, you can do that in a small ball lineup. Um, but because then you would have guys in, like, it would be— uh, No, I guess you're right. You can't do that because you're going to want Barnes and Bagley in the game at the same time. So you're right. You can't do that. But— I'm still excited. I don't think they really needed Cauley Stein. Like I said, I still believe he was clogging the middle. Bagley's a more athletic guy who can move around better and create plays for his guards on the perimeter, like uh, Fox and Yogi Ferrell, who's going to back him up, and obviously Buddy Heald, who has become one of the best shooters in the NBA playing in the three-point contest. I really like the Kings. Yeah, I 
in to just to touch on Fox just real quick, I think he really impressed in the Team USA workouts and whenever Team USA was playing. And he's honestly one of my picks for most improved player of the year. He was my pick for most improved player of the year this year, this past season. Oh, I liked him okay. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think he's. I, I think he might win it this year, honestly, because he's he's fucking good. Yeah, he's I agree. really good. He could totally do it. I mean, he, I wanted him to do it this past season, but this year I could totally see it too. But moving on to some of the rookies, we touched on Kyle Guy. Yep, he's going to be Indiana a great boy, addition. Yeah, great addition, Indiana boy. And some of these rookies coming into the league this year are going to look pretty good. But who do you think is going to look the best and win Rookie of the Year? Well, I have my top pick. I think we can both agree we're going to throw Zion out of this conversation because that's that's just not a fair pick. He's the clear and obvious number one choice. So picking Zion here would be a, a little boring. Yeah, and my number one pick for Rookie of the Year actually – goes above Zion. I would pick him still above Zion, but if I were to put my money on it, obviously I'm going to put it on Zion. Right. And a big reason why I would put my money on Zion is because the media loves him, the NBA loves him because he's their new star, so they're going to do everything to boost him up. And could you imagine if he becomes like the next biggest star in the NBA and he didn't win his Rookie of the Year? Exactly. It's a little bit of a blemish that the NBA doesn't need to be there. So... Like I said, if I'm putting my money, it's obviously Zion because of all those reasons. Right. But who's your pick for Rookie of the Year? My pick for Rookie of the Year is Ja Morant. I love me some Ja. Watching him in the NCAA tournament this year, watching him in the hell even in the regular season, he can ball. He is a up and down just baller. And I think I think especially with this team with the, that the Grizzlies have and they're putting around him, it's not the best team, but I think it'll work out very well, especially with the pick and roll with Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark. I I really like John Morant this year. Yeah, I agree. I also have John Morant, and like I said, I'd still pick him above Zion because he's the number one guy on his team, and he's on a team with a good young roster, like you said, Jaron Jackson, mm-hmm. and. They have the pieces around him to kind of bolster him into the spotlight. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. use that little springboard. Oh, yeah. They're not going to be the best team in the league, but he's going to be the best player on a team that's up and coming. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. is going to be very attractive for a rookie of the year pick. Yeah. And he's going to have the numbers that he needs, but at the end of the day, it's probably going to be Zion. I do have a little, I do have a sneaky, a sneaky rookie of the year pick that. You've been holding out on me. You still I haven't have, told me. I have. I have been holding out a little bit. I think. I think I'm looking at the odds right now. He is plus 3,000 wow. to be the rookie of the year. Put your money on so today. So you're putting your money on. If you, want a, if you want a little sleeper for rookie of the year, Tyler Hero from the Miami Heat. That dude can ball. You know you Jimmy Butler's wait. on his team. I, I don't care. Doesn't matter. He can ball. Jimmy Butler can't score all their points. I mean, hey, say that now. Record it. Mark this. Mark this moment down in history when Tyler Hero either wins or comes up second in Rookie of the Year voting. Just come back to this moment, and I will be right. Tyler Hero, mark it down. It's done. It's marked down. Good. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think Tyler Hero might. Hey, I think he's got a good chance to win it. 
So I have a couple guys that I think could go over Tyler Hero. I mean, that's fine. I think Michael Porter Jr., people forget, didn't play last year. He's still up for Rookie of the Year. I think that's a little bit of bullshit, though. I think that he's a good option, but I wouldn't put him in first over Cha or any of these guys because he's still on a very good Nuggets team <laughs> who has guys like Murray and Jokic. So I don't think he's going to end up winning it. But if he emerges as a star on that team, oh, for sure he's winning Rookie of the Year. You better believe it. Oh, yeah. Another guy. DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Atlanta. Hunter. Mm. If if DeAndre Hunter could start leading Atlanta with Trey Young, I could see the same thing happening. No. That he starts getting boosted up a little bit. Don't love that. I like that pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like I like the Michael Porter Jr. pick. I like Porter he's, Jr. He's got length. He's got length, length for length. days. So I, I I do like that. I like Michael Porter Jr. Don't sleep on Darius Garland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, he won't win, and and I think he'll have a great season, but he won't win for the exact same reason that Colin Sexton wasn't even considered, is that he's on the Cavs and the Cavs still are going to be very bad. Yeah. So he might be very very good statistically, like Colin Sexton actually was last year. Colin Sexton broke a LeBron James rookie record actually as a Cav last year. Hmm. I think it had something to do with either triple doubles or twenty point. Game, some I think it was twenty point game, something like that. Interesting. Yeah, but he 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 played great, and he really should have been a rookie of the year candidate. But he was on a the third worst team in the NBA, so yeah. it's gonna be a similar situation with Garland, where I think Garland statistically could be a rookie of the year candidate, but he won't be because the team's gonna be so bad. Another guy, another rookie that I'm looking at. I'm looking at the odds right now, and I just saw his name and it popped out to me. I don't think he will be in the rookie of the year conversation. But his impact on the team might be a lot bigger than people think. Nasir Little for the Trailblazers. Love that. I love that pick. Honestly, I wanted the Pacers to take him, but obviously they didn't. Pissed me off a little bit. But, yeah, I think Nasir Little, he might not get the Rookie of the Year attention, but I think his impact on that Trailblazers team is going to be very nice. So Nas was my favorite pick in the draft this year, especially because he was the position— at small forward that the Trailblazers really needed. They were a little bit weak there. They had Afrukaminu, who was a solid role player, but they didn't have a good stud to put there at the small forward position. Yeah. And if Nasir Little could play like he did in college and grow to the potential that he has, hey, I mean, Portland Trailblazers might end up being one of the best teams in the league in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm a huge I mean, Damian already- Lillard fan, yeah. so I, I hope so. They're already one of the best, but they could be the best in the next couple of years. I'm also, I love Damian Lillard, love CJ McCollum. Shout out Akron, shout out 216. Actually, he's in the 330, so he'd probably be pissed if he heard me calling him from the 216. He's from Akron, he's from the 330, right down the road, right down, right down good old 71 South. Uh, but yeah, I, I love, I love CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. I mean, that team's gonna be great, and I think that's a little could really really help that team out yeah yeah i agree who's your uh who's your pick for mvp mvp i got Kawhi leonard the dynasty killer he kills dynasties left and right like he's thanos snap of his fingers Kawhi leonard deserves the mvp he has deserved the mvp for a couple of years now maybe mm, yeah 
I would, I'm fair. I'm okay with saying that. He he could have and should have won it last year. Giannis had a great season, but it's time, finally. This is the year for Kawhi Leonard to finally win MVP. He's already won two NBA Finals and had two NBA Finals MVPs to go along with those, something that Steph Curry cannot say. The two-time unanimous MVP does not even have a Finals MVP. Kawhi Leonard will finally win MVP. I am so excited for it. This is primed for the making. Put your money on Kawhi Leonard to win MVP. It's going to happen. He is going to be the talk of the league all year long, no matter how the Clippers play. Because, to be honest, they're probably going to start off playing pretty poor. Because they're a brand new team that needs to put the pieces together. But come February and March, they're going to be clicking. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NBA. They're going to make a finals run. And Kawhi Leonard paired with Paul George, is going to be at the best he's ever been in his NBA career and finally win the all-coveted MVP award. I love Kawhi. Yeah. <clears throat> I think Kawhi's a good pick. Uh, personally, I have Giannis as my MVP for very obvious reasons. Uh, he won last year. Uh, well, that is me picking Giannis to go back-to-back winning MVPs. Uh and I think, I think the Bucks are going to be a very good team in the East, and I think Giannis is going to lead that team. I mean, the team around him is. I think it's gotten better than last year, and I, th- I think uh, it's Giannis. You Greek freak. You, you, it's hard to pick against him. So I'm actually worried about this Bucks roster. I don't like them losing Brogdon. Yeah, them and- losing Brogdon does hurt. <coughs> But I mean, they still have they still have uh, Wes Matthews. I mean, they have Robin Lopez, Kyle Korver, George Hill is a nice, serviceable point guard for that team. I mean, yeah, it sucks losing the the assists and the offensive upside of Brogdon. But I think I think that even plays into Giannis winning the MVP even more because that means there's more more shares of the offense to go to him. And I mean. Coming down the court, you don't want to see that six eleven Greek freak coming at you because he's he's scoring. So that's what I was gonna say. Like, because his team isn't as good as Kawhi's team, yeah, he might have a better shot at winning because statistically and all these different things. And people love to give it to the guy. It's like, well, he he was the reason why his team was so good. And I mean, that is that is Giannis. So like, yeah. I think it's a good pick. But like I said, I think Kawhi's prime for the making to finally win MVP. And I think and I think the MVP trophy has a lot to do with media <laughs> attention and media popularity nowadays. Uh, so I, and I think Giannis Giannis is obviously one of the most popular players in the league. So I think that'll absolutely play into it. Well, yeah, and that's also why I got Kawhi. So I think we agree on that. Most improved <laughs> player or team. <clears throat> Let's do team. Who do you think is going to be the most improved team this season? Most improved team, in my eyes, I, I it may be a very obvious pick, but to me, I think it's a good, solid pick. I have the Lakers as my most improved team. They're really they're trading out a young, kind of future, really good team for a team of old, wily vets. So they they brought in Avery Bradley, 
Quinn Cook, DeMarcus Cousins, who's unfortunately going to miss the season, but still on the team. Jared Dudley, Danny Green, Dwight Howard. Uh, they still have JaVale McGee, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron, Rondo. I mean, KCP. I mean, this team, I think I think this is going to be – this is a team LeBron likes. And this is going to be a team that will really complement LeBron and AD's game. And I think they're going to – I mean, last year they struggled, and I think most of their struggles was LeBron – trying to deal with a bunch of young guys, and that's not what LeBron wants to do. LeBron just wants to go out there and play his game and play with guys who know what the hell they're doing. And I think all, all these guys are really going to compliment LeBron and AD, and I think I think the Lakers are going to make a, make a nice run in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that's also fair. I mean, you said it's an easy pick, but at the same time, I mean, the Lakers weren't as good last year as people are hoping they would be with LeBron. Yeah. So I think it's very fair to say they had a superstar, and they might lose some of their young guys like Lonzo and some of the guys that they sent to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's still fair to say that they're going to be most improved and not say that's too obvious because, I mean, you never know like how they're going to play without with losing all those guys and having such an old team, like you said. So yeah, I think that's fair. My pick, though, for most improved is the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. I'm super excited about the Atlanta Hawks. If the Kings are my team in the West, the Hawks are my team in the East, my underdogs. And the Hawks already have John Collins and Trey Young. So that's a great duo that they've had set for a couple of years now, for, yeah, for the last year. And now they're adding DeAndre Hunter. They're also adding Cam Reddish. This is going to be a nice young team that I could see pushing the playoffs, pushing for that last one or two playoff spots in a decently average to eh East. Yeah. I think they got a shot, and I think that the Hawks are going to be my most improved team this season. And I want to give that to the Kings, but the Kings were good last year and were a playoff bubble team last year. That's going to be the Hawks this year. The Hawks are going to be that team that was a fourth or fifth worst team in the league that is now a bubble playoff team. Yeah, and the Hawks. Right now, I'm looking at the the Hawks roster, and man, do they have some shooters! Oh yeah, I mean Trey Young. I didn't even realize Jabari Parker was on the team. They got Jabari Parker, Alan Crabb, Kevin Herter. I mean Vince Carter just proved the other night he can still let it go. Uh, Cam Reddish is obviously he's pretty lights out from deep. I mean, yeah, I I agree. I really like this Hawks team, and I think they can really compete for a bottom, like. Two to three spot. I think Max, I think they can might be able to sneak out a six seed. No. But they Maybe. I think I think they're in that, that seven to nine range. Yeah, I agree. I I really seven to eight. Seven to eight range. Well nine would be the missing the playoffs. I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. My bad. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I like the Hawks a lot as most improved. So speaking of playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Here are my picks for the NBA Western Conference playoffs. At number eight, I got the Sacramento Kings. My team this season out of the West. I think they sneak into that eight spot right there. Number seven, the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets, they're adding Russell Westbrook. They're having a lot of trouble right now. 
with their politics, with Daryl Morey's tweets and everything. And the owner's mad about that. He's losing a ton of money from China. I think that this is a little bit of a mess brewing, and I'm a little bit nervous about if this off-the-court stuff's going to translate into on-the-court stuff. So I'm putting them down at 7, but they could probably eke out a better seed than that, depending on how they end up playing. I like Russ and Harden together, so I, th- I think they're going to be a solid playoff team regardless, even oh, yeah. though some people might not agree with me. I, I really do like the two of them together. I think they'll play well. At the sixth seed, I got the Warriors. They're obviously going to drop a little bit because they don't have Ke- Kevin Durant anymore. They still added some good pieces around them. With the Kevin Durant signing trade, they got back D'Angelo Russell, which is a great piece, but I think they're too short. I think they've got a lot of small guys. Obviously, like to shoot the three and like small ball, but I think it's going to hurt them because there are teams now who have these trees who could shoot. And... If you got all small guys going up against big dudes who can also shoot, that's going to be big matchup issues. Speaking of, real quick, did you see that Draymond got listed at 6'5"? Yeah, he's short. That was tough. Yeah. Very. That was a tough look. At 6'7", he was pretty short. Bogdan but. Bogdanovich is 6'6". He can't play power forward. He's not Draymond Green. Don't <laughs> even fucking try me. So moving on at the 5 seed, I got the Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers went to the Western Conference Finals this past year. I think that they're going to build on top of that. There's just a few teams above them who are going to be better and probably have better records. But they have a shot to go back to the Western Conference Final from that five seed. But right above them, I have the Lakers. They Obviously, they had Anthony Davis, and they got LeBron. They got an older team. That four seed might actually be lower than that. I think that's going to take a little bit for them to gel. But on top of that, they're an old team, and I know LeBron like the back of my hand. And I know that LeBron's going to take a lot of nights off. And because of that, his team's going to struggle a little bit more than they probably should, but he's still going to make the playoffs. So I have him the four seed. I would not be surprised at all if they made the five or six seed and still won one or two playoff series. Yeah. So I would not be surprised no matter where the Lakers are. I have him at four right now because of the talent on their team. Three, I got the Jazz. They're a very deep roster, very good. They just added Michael Conley, who I think is going to be great for their backcourt, to pair with Spider Mitchell. Uh, I really like the Jazz this season. Gobert's going to take another step up. He's pissed off he wasn't an all-star last year. He's going to be an all-star this year. I'm really liking the Jazz. Right above them, though, I got the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. They had a great team last year, and they're just building on top of that. So besides them, they still got Lou Williams. They still got Montrezl Harrell. This is a great roster. I think the Clippers, once they start gelling and get their superstars knowing how to work and play together after like a couple months at the beginning of the season, I say post-Christmas around January is where this team hits their stride and they start playing like a championship caliber team January or February. And then number one, I got the Nuggets. The Nuggets, they're just a very deep roster with a bunch of good players, no huge superstars besides like a Jokic. I don't think Murray's at that level yet. Jokic is their only real like superstar but they got a great, solid roster that I'm excited to watch play. They got, like I said, Jokic. They got Murray. They have Michael Porter Jr. They also have Bull Bull, another rookie that's coming out this year. They have Paul Millsap, an older guy. They got Gary Harris. They got Will Barton, who played good basketball last year. They have a deep roster who I think is going to win that number one seed, but not necessarily make it to the finals. I think they'll win the number one seed because they'll be a very good regular season team. Who what's your Western Conference finals? 
Uh, Western Conference playoffs. My Western Conference playoffs. I have pretty much, for the most part, all the same teams. I do have the Mavs at eight. I really, I love Luka Doncic, and I love Kristaps Porzingis, and then putting them on the same team together is going to be absolutely disgusting, regardless of who else is on that team. But, I mean, they do still have Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I think I think that Mavs team is going to look pretty good this year. And then number seven, like you said, I, I have the Warriors at number seven. I think they're obviously going to struggle a lot without Clay, but it's, it's going to be nice having D'Angelo Russell with them. Number six, I have the Rockets. Obviously, Harden and Russ playing together. I think they're going to win a lot of regular season games. Five, I have the Trailblazers. Big Damian Lillard fan. Damian's going to pop off. He might be a sneaky MVP candidate this year, maybe. Number four, I have the Jazz. Obviously, getting Mike Conley really helps out with Donovan Mitchell there. Three, I have the Lakers. Like I, I just talked about, the most improved team. Two, the Nuggets. Gross starting five. Their starting five is just really good. And then one, I have the Clippers. I mean, obviously, adding Kawhi and PG to pretty much any team would lead to improvement, but this Clippers team already had Montrez Harrell and Pat Beverly. And, I mean, you add Jamichael Green, you have Zubak, you add Shement, and then they t- they have Terrence Mann from Florida State, and I think he might be a sneaky, nice wing piece to be able to throw in there every now and then. And then the ageless wonder, Lou Williams. He's, I mean, at, if anything fails, if all, if I'm wrong about everything that I ever say, I will say this, Lou Williams is my first candidate for sixth man of the year yet again this year because he, he might just win it. He might, I don't know who else has won it ever. I think it's only, I think it's, they should just rename it the Lou Williams Award because at this point, he, he's the only one who's going to win it. So, yeah, that's my West. Who you got in the East? In the East, I have the Atlanta Hawks. That's my big, most improved team. I put them at eight. At seven, I got the Miami Heat. They got Jimmy Butler. They got a bunch of young pieces like Derrick Jones Jr. and uh, a couple other guys. And I'm really liking the Heat, but not not to go as far as some people might be projecting them. But we'll see. I- I'd like to see what a Jimmy Butler-led team of young guys looks like. I got them at seven. At six, I have the Nets. I love the Brooklyn Nets. This is going to be one of the best teams in the NBA going forward for the next couple of years. Obviously, Kevin Durant's still out with his injury. This season, he'll miss the entire season. So it's unfortunate for the Nets to not have their other superstar this season. It's just going to be DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie Irving as their two biggest players. They also have great guys, though, like Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris. Spencer Dinwiddie, and they even got a deep bench with like Torian Prince. I really like the Nets this season. I have them at six, but I know that they're going to be one of the best teams going in the future. They could obviously get a higher seed than six. This is me kind of going off of what I've seen a Kyrie Irving-led team to be, and that is slightly better than mediocre in the East. I mean, it's a playoff team, but we'll see. So I like the Nets at six. I have the Raptors at five. They're still a good team. I know they lost their guy in Kawhi. They really wanted to keep him there in Toronto, and he decided to go back home to L.A. Can't fault the guy. The Raptors aren't going to fall off, though, as much as people might be thinking. 
They still have a really good team up in Toronto, and I think that they're going to continue to play good basketball with each other. They just signed Pascal Siakam to a max contract extension. They still have Kyle Lowry. They still have Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet, the star of the finals. Secondary start of the finals of Kawhi. Marcus Saul. They have OG Ananobi off the bench. Stanley Johnson. Like Ronda Hallis Jefferson. Like they ha- they still have serviceable good role players that go with the better, I guess you could say they're all stars of Pascal and Van Vliet and Lowry and Marcus Saul. I-, I like the Raptors. They're going to be fine without Kawhi. They're obviously not going to win the championship, but they're not going to fall off like any other team would with losing their superstar player. Four, I got the Pacers. For everything you said earlier, Pacers are a great team. I like to see how they're going to play this year. I'd like to see how Oladipo is going to come back from his injury and build upon what he has been the past couple of years since arriving in Indianapolis, re-arriving in the state of Indiana after attending Indiana University. I love the Pacers at number four. Three, 76ers. I think that they're going to be great this year. I think they're going to be the three seed because they're going to still be trying to figure out how to play without Jimmy Butler and how that's going to work out. I still think they're also a young team, so they're going to lose games that they probably shouldn't be losing sometimes. But that isn't going to mean much. I still I still think they'll be number three and be a good, solid playoff seed. Number two, I got the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis, like you think, is going to be MVP. I might not think that, but I still think he's going to be a great player. He's a rating MVP, and he's going to play like it this season. I like the Bucks at two. Giannis is going to get him there. Number one, I got the Boston Celtics. I actually think this is the most talented team from top to bottom in the East. And that's saying a lot because they lost Kyrie. But they got Kemba, and they had great draft picks with Carson Edwards and with Romeo Langford, both kids out in uh, Indiana from Purdue and IU. And I think that they are looking up right now. They they really did improve this offseason. I think they're the most talented team in the East. I got to give it to the Celtics and number one. Who do you got for the East? My East is somewhat similar. Number eight, I have the Heat. I mean, obviously getting Jay Butt and Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. Still got Justice Winslow there. I think they're going to be a decent team. Seven, I have the Hawks. Like we said earlier, we talked about the Hawks. They're going to be an improved team. Six, I have the Nets. I think the Nets still, without Kevin Durant, like you said, have a good roster around them. I am a big fan of Joe Harris and Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. Torian Prince is another guy that I really like and actually was traded to the Nets upon the request of Kevin Durant. So he speaks very highly of Torian Prince, so we'll see how how that plays out. Number five, I have the Raptors, NBA champion last year. Still have a solid team. I heard some rumors of them trying to blow it up, trade Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol before the deadline, even Serge Ibaka. So that'll be an interesting storyline to watch throughout the beginning of the season, see what they do as far as whether they're going to completely rebuild or try and run this run this back with no Kawhi. So that'll be interesting to see. Four, I have the Bucks, Giannis, is really good. That roster around him is solid, but I think the top three teams in the East are going to be better than the Bucks this year. And three, I have the Pacers. Like I said earlier, I think they're going to be one of my most improved teams, surprise teams. Two, I have the 76ers. I mean, they still have Simmons and Embiid. Simmons 
If he gets a jump shot, he might be one of the best players in the league. If he starts shooting threes, he might win an MVP. He hit one this preseason. If he starts consistently shooting threes, he might win himself an MVP. But, yeah, they still have Tobias Harris. They got Josh Richardson. Zaire Smith is nice. And then, number one, like you said, the Celtics. I actually think this Celtics team is going to be better without Kyrie because of Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is one of the best young coaches in the league, and from watching him growing up at Butler, I can tell you right now that Kyrie never fit into what Brad Stevens wanted to do. Brad Stevens likes to play team-oriented basketball, whereas Kyrie's more of an iso ball kind of guy. Can't fault him for that because he's one of the best iso players in the league, and he's one of the best players in the league, but I think Kemba Walker is going to be a lot better for this team, and I think they start to play as a team and really start clicking, and I think they're the best team in the in the East. All right, we're going to have to round out the end of our show. Let's do some final predictions. I have in the finals, coming out of the East, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Coming out of the West, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. 76ers, because of a Kawhi Leonard buzzer beater, did not make the NBA Finals this season. They're coming back to actually make it this season. They are going to play great basketball all year. Like I said, they might drop some games to not-so-great teams because they're still young and learning. I had them in a three-seed. I think they're still going to go through the playoffs, win the East. Clippers, enough said. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Great team last year, just built on it with some superstars. They're going to be the best team in the league, and I think that the Clippers are going to win the NBA championship this season. I have Kawhi Leonard going 3-for-3 three three with three finals MVPs and wins the NBA championship again back-to-back this season for two separate teams. Has that ever been done before? We'll have to look that up. We'll let yeah, you know next show. I have no idea. My finals matchup, I also have the Clippers, and I also have the Celtics. I think it's going to be Clippers-Celtics, and I think the Clippers do pull it off. And because defense wins championships, and this Clippers defense is going to be more than likely the best in the NBA. Especially, I mean, adding Kawhi to a team with Montrezl Harrell and Pat Beverly will improve your defense, but then also adding Paul George, two of the best wing defenders in the league to probably the best defensive point guard in the league, that defense is going to be disgusting. So, yeah, I think the Clippers do pull it off. We both got the Clippers winning the NBA championship in 2020. You heard it here first. Kawhi Leonard goes back-to-back on two separate teams. So thank you for listening to this edition of the UB Pod. We're happy to finally have basketball season here. Man. We talked a lot of football. We're getting a little worried. You're going to think we're a football podcast. No. No. We love football. That's our that's our sport. We love that shit. Oh, yeah. But we're all encompassing here on Finished Business. Yeah. And if you want to hear more, if you want to see more content, you follow us. You follow us at, at Finish the Biz, at Finish the B-I-Z on Instagram and Twitter. You can get some highlights on Twitter. You get some of our power rankings. We do it here, but you get to see it. Uh, first person, you get to see a nice little graphic there of what we pick at our power rankings, our picks of the week, the NFL. We're going to be doing NBA power rankings at our next show. Those are going to be posted on Instagram. Twitter, you get all the live updates of what's going around in the leagues. Whenever there's a trade, whenever there's an injury, you'll see that on our Twitter. So follow us. Keep listening to the podcast. 
Keep sharing the podcast. We're at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just about anywhere you can get podcasts. Share us with your friends. Let them know that they should listen to the UB pod and follow Unfinished Business. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you on Thursday. Peace. Peace.